where to start where to start um so we could start in a lot of different places we could start at austin matthews again uh getting goals 50 and 51 on the year uh we could start with buffalo beating the habs three to two or we could start with the bruins beating the oilers in a wild one six to five in overtime uh and i think that's where we will start today um that was a that was a great way to end the night um having both or i mean all three games I, I i will admit i was not keeping too many eyes on the blue jackets ducks game but um the the oilers and the bruins was a great one looked like edmonton was out of it for a while um it was 4-1 and jake DeBrus scores uh on his home ice to make it a really feel good thing uh his dad is a color guy for Edmonton too, Louis DeBrusque. So that's always cool. Um, but Corey Perry scores uh, to make it 4-4. Four, four, four. Uh, tricky rebound right in his feet, gets it. Um, right by Swayman. Uh, Pasta puts them up 5-4. We all thought that one could be over. Ivan ties it. Um, Charlie McAvoy, though. The sweet move in overtime. The sweet, sweet move in overtime. That and the shootout winner in Dallas on Monday, against Dallas on Monday. Um, I, I knew Charlie McAvoy is what he is, but the the moves, too. I mean, the skill level on these guys we know is, an, is at an all-time high, but um, what, a, what a way to finish off their own personal battle of Alberta tonight against the Flames. So um, that was a great way to get going against the Oilers. That was a uh, bad game from the Oilers I don't know that we've seen a lot of those recently from them there have been a few um but the the goaltending was definitely not where it needed to be for them to get a win in this one um Swayman was just a little bit better the Bruins really could have won that game in regulation and probably should have but um all things tend to work out in three on three overtime so um that that was a probably the most exciting game of the night the the most uh meaningful or memorable game of the night probably is the austin matthews game leafs go down they win six to three in arizona austin matthews scores 50 and 51 willie scores 30 and 31 um john Tavares got an even strength goal for the first time since uh scoring a thousand points in long island 28 games well over a month um well before christmas actually um but that, that game was all about the first period, the true dominance in the first period by the Leafs. Um, Coyotes took it to them in the second. Everyone kind of thought that there might be a comeback. But um, Toronto came out flying in the third. And, yeah, I mean, it was Austin Matthews. I don't know what else I can really say about the guy. Um, it's getting kind of uh, a lot. But, I mean, the guy's on pace to score 75-and-a-half goals, 76-and-a-half goals. So, um, fastest American-born player to 50 in a season, 54 games. Um, does it in his hometown, obviously. Matthew Nines also had a really good game, too. Um, he, The Leafs also really enjoy playing on, on the West Coast, too. They, they won their 20th game on the West Coast this season. That is tops among teams in the East. So, um, yeah, they, they're like Austin Matthews almost scored a third, too, that at play where he bounces the puck over the the defender and bats it out of midair and he puts it about a foot wide but uh just a super high iq play um toronto's five and zero without morgan riley too he's eligible to return tonight 
Um, they visit the defending Stanley Cup champs, and that will be a good one as well. We might get Martin Jones in net for the Leafs. Uh, no Mark Stone for the Vegas Golden Knights. The update on Mark Stone is just that he's going to be out a while. He was on a podcast called The Sick Podcast, um, The Eye Test. Um, former NHL coach Pierre Maguire and Boston Bruins reporter Jimmy Murphy. And Kelly McCrimmon said that uh, Stone's going to miss a good chunk of games. So no no definitive timeline on the Knights captain, but they're already without Jack Eichel. So they've been without him for a while. Um, and I don't think they're going to rush him back with the trade deadline right around the corner. So um, we'll see what kind of team we'll, we'll see what kind of teams these these clubs hobbled together for tonight's matchup uh that is one of 11 around the board and i think i might jump there next before going to the other games from last night because they were kind of games against uh, some of the bottom bottom feeding clubs so um a lot of really good ones around the league tonight florida visiting the hurricanes um that we all know what kind of matchup that's going to be that's going to be a really grinding matchup I, I bet both teams are going to play like there's uh, no puck out there for a little while. So um, we'll see how the goaltending holds up on the Carolina side. We'll see if Spencer Martin gets another start. Um, I, I think they should try and get Peter Kachekov back in there, but um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, Avs visiting the Red Wings. I, I would love if this were more of a rivalry like it was in the videos that we've seen from playoff series long ago and um it's just not it's just not obviously uh part of that is the red wings have been bad part of that is the red wings are in the eastern conference now um so it would be, it would be cool though if these two teams well well they would have to meet in a stanley cup final but um if, if they just had a bit more of a rivalry to them they tried to conjure that up when they did the outdoor game however many years ago that was i feel like that might have been 2017 or 18 um but yeah, it uh, still should be a really good matchup tonight, though. I think Colorado's looking to get more back on track. We've been saying that for a while now with the Avs, so um, I, I profess to have not been watching too much of the Avalanche lately because I kind of just feel like they'll figure it out by the time the playoffs roll around, and if not, we'll really point to maybe some some lackings on the goaltending end from them. Um, Georgiev's been so-so for them, and uh, Ivan Prasvatov is... You know, it, it's hard to be a backup in the National Hockey League, and I think he's still young and getting used to what that's like and the rhythm of games that you get as a backup and how to play well in those games, right? So um, we'll, we'll see how this goes tonight with the Avs taking on the Red Wings. Uh, Rangers at Devils, too. That talk. This is a rivalry that has thrived in recent years, unlike the, the Red Wings and the Avs. The Rangers and the Devils will play tonight. Um, Devils send down Akira Schmid. They call up Isaac Pooler. Um, we'll we'll see if he gets the start in net tonight, or if it will be someone else in goal for the Devils. Maybe Vitek Vanacek. Um, maybe Nico Dawes again. So we we will see about this one. But the Rangers just keep on winning. Um, and if if uh, the Devils don't start putting together some wins soon, this. Uh, We've talked about this with them. Like, they're quickly falling out of it. And Philadelphia wins again last night, 3-1 in Chicago. Um, just another big two points So their 30th win of the year. I know they have, they've played two more games on the Devils, but um, it, everything points to Philadelphia looking like a better t hockey club right now. So um, 
Devils will look to really try and figure it out between the pipes internally. And if not, then maybe we see something happen externally sometime soon. So um, we'll also get the Habs facing off against the Pens. Speaking of teams that need to get wins together, Kyle Dubas's Pittsburgh Penguins find themselves, oh boy, what is it now? Eight points out of the playoffs? It is eight points behind the Detroit Red Wings. They have two games in hand on them. They have, they're at 53 games played. The Red Wings have 55. But if the Pittsburgh Penguins don't start winning soon, we might start getting some changes. We do have a we do have a clip here of the Kyle Dubas press conference from yesterday. Kyle Dubas gave a press conference to Pittsburgh media yesterday afternoon. Um, he talked a lot. He talked about the winning cycle of the Sidney Crosby of Kenny Malkin timeline and how he felt very obliged to give them some runway. This this core group of players, Chris Letang included in that, obviously. Um, I, I think everybody's kind of looking at the Eric Carlson fit right now. Um, the Pittsburgh media, first of all, they do not go easy on anybody, um, unless you are Sidney Crosby or Yarmir Yager this past weekend. Um, but the they, they were really giving it to Kyle Dubas. Um, but there there were some serious questions that needed that they wanted answers to like what what is going on with the power play in Pittsburgh and you know um what do you do if this team continues to slide the way it has we're looking at a second straight season without Sidney Crosby and company making the playoffs um I think if they miss the playoffs we're not really looking at them making the playoffs next year um with things looking the way that they do a lot of the moves that they made were built towards winning now moves. Uh, Ryan Graves, Tristan Jari extension, um, Nola Chari, um, diff- different pieces that, that were added to uh, try and make this team better right now. So uh, Riley Smith trade too from Vegas, taking him on as kind of a cap dump for, for the Golden Knights. Um, but still a very good hockey player, uh, one that maybe hasn't worked out in Pittsburgh w- well so far. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of questions about the coaching staff, um, both internally with some of the players um, and externally with fans, media. Um, do you want to do you want to play the the clip? Heard. Evaluate all of that, Rob. I, the one thing I'd say about the coaching staff is I is I think that it's always the easy, low hanging fruit and target of everything and. Uh, I've got a deep respect for the coaching staff and the, and the way that they go about it. I meet with Sully every morning and we talk multiple times per day. He's deeply invested. He takes a, you, he, come, he has to walk out here every day and, and answer all the questions. It's not an easy position in, in this league, especially because of the commitment. It's not like other sports where I don't, I don't know that they have this daily or it's, it's much more impromptu in, in baseball and, and, and the like. In football, I think it's twice a week. He has to come out here every day and present himself and uh, you know we've got a team that means a great deal to him I think he's very open about that and he takes this very seriously and takes the ups and downs of it very seriously and I think that's the, the respect I've, I've had for I've developed for him throughout the year you know that from afar but when you get in it with somebody you, it only helps you so to me with the with the coaching staff with Sully I, I envision Mike Sullivan um, based on what I've learned from him and our discussions this year and his ability to Know, take the development of each individual player seriously. I think he's the type of coach that can both help you win, as you all know here. I wasn't here, but uh, you know he, he's the type of coach that shows he can win, but also that he can develop people uh, and develop players. So I, I don't I don't think that uh, 
there needs to be any discussion about about Mike, um, as I would do with my own staff and any staff. I'll sit down with Mike at the end of the year and go through uh, his view of it, and we'll be very thorough about that. But I know he has great belief in them and the, and the work that they're doing, and and I see the work that they're doing every day. And I think the, the questions come because it hasn't manifested itself in consistency on the on the ice. So I think that's a fair question and, and criticism with regards to the players. I think it, it goes into the whole strategy of the group, which we will evaluate more deeply. So that was Kyle Dubas on Mike Sullivan and his coaching staff. And I really believe that a lot of GMs say one thing and then do another. We've seen a lot of that where GMs will give public displays of faith in their coaching staffs and then relieve them of their duties a couple of weeks later, maybe a month later. So um, I wouldn't discount any change happening in Pittsburgh. We're, we're nearing that point where it is a bit awkward, even if you do make a coaching change with like 20 games or fewer remaining. You're, you're more looking towards an eye with, for next season and maybe just trying to get somebody that you want to get if there's somebody out there that you really like. Um, but Mike Sullivan appears to be a good coach from the outside. There, there may be some, some player... Uh, disgruntlement within that locker room that would point to something like that. Um, and I, I just believe that there um, is a higher expectation of play in that city. And with that organization, it's very um, big alumni organization. They uh, just Mario Lemieux, a lot of lore, a lot of history, um, a lot of prestige with that group. So, um, they don't really tolerate mediocrity like this. They expect to perennially be a top 10 NHL franchise. Um, with, with selling tickets at the rate and employing Sidney Crosby on your team, you're, you're almost guaranteed that spot almost anyways. But um, at least in terms of regard around the league as to what you are, even if you aren't a playoff team. But um, Kyle Dubas really, you know, needs to figure out what direction. He mentioned a lot in the press conference about the team getting younger, adding younger pieces, um, and, and that's kind of difficult after you trade your first-round pick to uh, acquire Carlson, um, and, and it just really hasn't worked out there. Um, it's a big salary too to have on the books, um, and and I don't know if you're if you're him, what you do. I I think he's looking at all non-core players. Seems to be the quote. There's the big news seems to be Jake Gensel. Um, saying that he's open to moving him. Um, the quote there, I understand how valuable he's been as a teammate, person in the community, contributor to helping the team win the Stanley Cup, and so on and so forth. It's important, but at the same time, we have to take stock in where we're at and be realistic about the fact that one of those issues we have is we need to get younger. There that is again. Um, we need. We have a lot of guys in their 30s signed. Some of them are some of the best players in the history of the franchise. I don't know that Kyle Dubas is including Jake Gensel in that grouping of best players in the history of the franchise. So um, he's having a very good season, would fetch a really good return for the Penguins, um, especially if the team that he is traded to uh, could get him signed to a, an extension. Um, that, that would definitely probably come with some more assets going the Penguins' way. So they are definitely one of the most interesting teams in the league. And I, I still think there are ex internal expectations to try and make a run at the playoffs here. Um, you, you have Sidney Crosby on your team. What he's doing this season is remarkable. 20 or 30 goals in 50 some odd games um, is 
really something else for a player of his age. And um, I've talked, like I said, about the Austin Matthews thing. We've talked a lot about Sid, but um, it's important to, if you are going to keep this player in your fold of the organization, you got to do right by him. This is that kind of player. Um, And if that means making some tough calls, I I don't know. I don't know if Sidney Crosby actually wants the there might be a bit more of a thought. This is nothing that I know. This is just purely off the top of my head that, you know, if Sid wants to play another five, six years, and he's he's 36, but he could play old, and he could play as old as he wants to. And um, if he wants to remain competitive, maybe a team like Colorado comes up as a destination, second-line center behind Nathan McKinnon. It's been a perpetual sore spot for the Avalanche in recent years after losing Nazem Kadri after the Stanley Cup run. So a um, lot of intrigue about what will happen in Pittsburgh, not just up until the deadline, but through it and into the offseason, into the draft, free agency, um, the direction that this team goes, whether they miss the playoffs or make them, is going to be a fascinating one. We'll have to, we'll have to get a uh, Pittsburgh guy coming in at some point soon we have a lot of we have a lot of really exciting guests this week i um just just me and me and the producers this week so that's a nothing wrong with that it's always a good week when we get to hang out um but uh we we will have a lot of guests next week lined up so we already have a good chunk of them ready to go and we're going to try and fill in a few more so we're going to get a lot of interesting perspectives around the, the league and um where some of these different markets are at um, and also some fun uh, topics about the game, too. Um, shout out Anson Carter for wearing a University of Georgia club hockey jersey on the TNT broadcast last night. That was really cool. Um, all, all club hockey is college hockey. Um, does a lot to grow the game. Those guys are more dedicated than anybody. They pay their pay their way to uh, play. So uh, shout out to club hockey in general. Shout out to Anson Carter. Does a lot for hockey and the growth of Georgia, too. Raven would love that. Um, he's the, he's a part owner in the, one of the ECHL franchises down there. So, um, shout out to him, shout out to UGA. And, uh, we are going to have someone from the, uh, the house hockey pod or the ho- hockey house pod. I always, I always get that confused, but, um, the hockey house pod, they're, they're doing great things over there. They, they film content. It's a group of group of buddies. Um, the one we're going to talk to, he plays in, the fed and yeah they they do incredible stuff going around and showcasing what club hockey is and a lot of these pretty electric markets so um we're going to talk to him probably sometime next week about uh just what it's like to really experience um hockey at some of these levels look i mean liberty college liberty university um they're an acha division one team club hockey still and their games are on espn plus like they they have some kind of deal that their their games are broadcasted on ESPN Plus, and I watch them from time to time. There, it's very it's very neat seeing that kind of hockey on, on on television and on streaming services available, kind of right at my fingertips like that. So, um, right next to the the Division One NCAA hockey. So, um, shout out to club hockey. We're we're gonna do a little thing on that probably sometime next week. Like I said, um, also PWHL minute. Uh, Alex Carpenter, that was a great goal. Great game, too. Um, New York beats Montreal 4-3 in a shootout. Alex Carpenter has the jailbreak goal. Uh, she also has a power play goal. She has the shootout winner. Uh, she leads the league in scoring right now. 
So she's uh, her and Natalie Spooner are kind of in that race right now. Um, so big win for New York, uh, four three. Um, and the other game was I didn't I kind of only watched a little bit of that other game here and there. Um, Boston wins three one over Ottawa. Big game from Aaron Franco. Big game from Hillary Knight too. Um, and New York will play Toronto tomorrow night. That's a big tilt. That's a that's a big tilt. I will be definitely having my eyes on that one. Um, but uh, a couple of the other couple of the other games tonight. Uh, let's see what we got. Big game for Tampa Bay. Oh boy, that is a big game for Tampa Bay tonight. They precariously sitting in a playoff spot, but some of these teams are nipping at their heels. Um, they're hosting the Caps. Caps got a big win the other day over the Devils, 6-2. Alexander Ovechkin scores two goals. Um, the Gretzky chases on. Um, but these teams, not just the Capitals, but we talked about the Penguins. We, you know, we've talked extensively about the Islanders. Um, I don't think we've given the Devils as much credence. Um, I think the Devils is, and they're they're the team that's closest to that playoff spot right there. Um, whether it is Detroit or Tampa Bay or Philadelphia or whomever that falls out of the playoff race that is currently in there in the Eastern Conference. Um, th there's a lot there. So so Tampa Bay needs to start picking up some really important points here. Big one tonight against the Caps. Um, I will also personally be keeping my eyes on the late game. Uh, Preds at the Kings. That is a big matchup for both sides. If we are talking just what is going on in Los Angeles right now, I mean, Quentin Byfield, I, I, I might have watched that goal another 30 times since I brought it up to start the show yesterday. Um, just incredible. I mean, I can't I can't really fathom. Uh, there, there's been a lot of like, who who does that goal remind you of conversations and everybody's kind of missed the mark. It's Evgeny Malkin um, re reverting back to our Penguins talk. Uh, that Quentin Byfield goal was very much Evgeny Malkin like, and no, nobody's really been saying that. So I heard of, I heard a lot of outlandish names as to who that goal reminded them of. I won't throw anybody under the bus, but uh, Los Angeles has a lot to figure out for themselves. Um, Brent Clark is playing really, really well since getting called up. Um, so is Alex Turcott too. Kudos to him. I know he had the one big game where he got his first goal, but every game he's just been a noticeable bottom six player for the for the Kings. So um, it's just figuring out how to get all these talented pieces to mesh now with the current elder talented pieces that you have. That that stretches all the way from Kopitar and Dowdy, who have kind of been carrying the team through this period of inconsistency. And all the way through to the the you know not not so young guys anymore like Dubois and Fiala, um, Deneau and Ar Arvidsson's been good since he's gotten back into the lineup. Deneau has been pretty solid. He's been his usual self uh, for Los Angeles, but um, I think some of the defense. Um, Matt Roy has been good, um, but some some of these guys you know Mikey Anderson has had a couple tough games for Los Angeles, so. Um, and then it's the overall question of goaltending, right? Will they make a larger move in net? Um, will we see something happen there? Um, but so we'll see the the Kings take on the Preds. The Preds are right there. This is this is a big game if you are the Predator. This is a must win if you're the Nashville Predators going in there. Um, and, and Brendan, I, I am going to run this thing by you. I know it's kind of at the we're, we're past the news cycle on this story, but. Um, I, I think it's interesting. We haven't brought it up on this uh, show at all. So 
The Nashville Predators, first of all, they're tied with the St. Louis Blues in points. They've played one more game, but this game would go a long way towards them trying to secure that final wild card spot in the West. But so Nashville was in Vegas the other day, and they were supposed to go see U2 at the Sphere, okay? Okay. Like like it's a team thing. And they were going to bring the trainers and and all the staff, and it was supposed to be this really big event and just like a good team bonding uh, experience for them. And then they played pretty poorly the week before, they including a 9-2 loss on home ice um, to the Dallas Stars. Then hi- highlighted by Matt Duchesne on the Dallas Stars, who scores a goal in the game, or might have scored two in that one, former Predator, then goes to the streets of Broadway and was caught in one of the bars uh, playing guitar and, like, singing that night. So tough look for the Predators. Then they get a win last weekend, and then the team, like, the story got out that their uh, team trip was canceled because the general manager and the coach said that they just they weren't playing well enough to deserve something like that the coach came out in the media said that the team was more focused on uh their vacations a lot of people had thought it meant um the all-star break that just happened like the vacations that they just had uh but they had he was actually talking about this like you two thing (laughs) at the sphere so then they they don't go and so i guess like i i don't know about this whole sphere thing but U2 has had like a residency there and it like ends in a couple of weeks. So like the, this is like the the time, like if you were going to go see that show, like this was the only chance you were going to have. Um, I don't know how many of the guys on the Preds are diehard U2 fans, but you, you, you get the point. Um, so the Preds then go into Vegas and they win five to three. They play really well. Um and it, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, one, I, and I want to hear your opinion on it. Like, one, what do you think of all that? Two, um, what, like, yeah, obviously the team put up a good effort because you have two options in that in that scenario. You either dog it because you were taken, like something was taken from you that you were looking forward to, or you go out there and you put up a really impressive performance to like kind of go show it and be like, Hey, we are a better team and we do deserve to do fun things like that. And we're going to go show it to everybody. Um, and does that carry over at all? Yeah. I mean, so it's the, this important guy on, on the predators. He's like, it's the predators that didn't go to the YouTube show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just one of those classic coaching tactics where if one dude fucks you over, you have to like, make him feel bad and like I, I think that it's pretty it should be known that to the team that it was him that fucked them over I don't think that they would have been revoked the privileges if they had that tough loss and he didn't go out because they clearly I like it just kind of feels like you're going in the direction of like you know letting party and get in get the best of you I mean <laughs> I always bring football into it but like Johnny Manziel is a great example of like a player that just like let you know lust get take control of his life and everything. And it's really easy. And I don't know, just based on what you've told me, I think that it could be really easy in the hockey sphere to let, you know, that kind of lifestyle get to you. So I think that they're just trying to veer their players away from that. Not even in just like in the short term for that kind of thing. I think it's like long term almost they're, they're watching out for. I think a lot of things. I, I, I think, um, 
NHL teams do a lot now to try and make the the long parts of the season not seem so long um, and to try and incorporate fun days off and just like there, there are scheduled days off in the collective bargaining agreement too. Like you got to have like four days off a month or something. Um, and, and teams generally even opt for more of those depending on travel and what it looks like in, in a road city. So, um, you know, I don't mind a team taking away a day like that to go to like you two at the sphere. If you're losing a lot, I think it's a little funny that the, their most recent game before then was a win. Um, but I, I understand the nine, two loss was really bad, but, um, that if Barry, Barry Trotz believes that the, the, the play overall over the stretch of the few games, and I, look, I, I think everybody in the Western conference is kind of backing into a playoff spot right now for that, that final wildcard spot. Even St. Louis a little bit, they've kind of put up some duds. I know they had to play the Leafs twice, but um, even still, they didn't look particularly remarkable in those games. So um, there, there are even a lot of teams like Minnesota and Seattle who, and even Calgary to some extent, who still believe that they're in the playoff race in the West just because some of these teams don't really want it. So um, if the Predators believe they're there and they made signings like Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen in the summertime that indicate win now mentality um so if that if that is really the direction that they like believe that they should be in um then you gotta you gotta hold your team to that standard so um i I don't mind it at all from the predators i think you know if it could even get them a win tonight in los angeles like that would be a big win that would be a huge win for the predators um to not only catch up with the St. Louis Blues and potentially put themselves ahead of the Blues to start um, to end tonight, but um, just to maybe even put a little bit of fear into the Los Angeles Kings themselves. You never know where that could go. So St. Louis is going to host the Islanders tonight as well. Um, Big games all around, just really exciting hockey. Vancouver is also going to take on the Kraken. We're going to see if Vancouver can end their first three-game losing skid of the season. Um what else? Uh, oh, and the the stars and the senators. That that's going to be a good one too. Um, Ottawa won't go down without a fight in this one. I believe um, they've been playing a little bit better. I I have to give it to the senators. Um, Jacques Martin has them playing a little bit more of a conscious style of hockey, more thoughtful. Um, sees, seems a bit more organized with regard to some of the decision making. Um, and yeah, I mean, they don't go down without a fight. Some of these players are really um, edgy players. You know, we all know Brady Kachuk. I don't, I don't need to. He leads the league in fights, and he's a top twenty player in the NHL. But um, you know, guys like Josh Norris are pretty underrated as far as being agitators. Um, same goes for some guys up front, like Drake Batherson, a little bit. Um, and then the back end too, like Jacob Chikrin isn't afraid to to mix it up and. Jake Sanderson isn't shy away from throwing a shove or two. So um, that that should be a good one. The Stars are flying recently. I know they lost in uh, New York the other day, but um, Dallas is still looking really good, still looking like a contender. Um, they, also lost to the, to, they also lost to the Bruins earlier that week in the shootout in a game they probably thought they should have won and in a game that a lot of people thought they should have won too. So uh, we'll see if Dallas can rebound against the Sens. And that'll do it for the games tonight. Um, I wanted to see. So, oh, the games, the games last night though. So there, I did get a text 
yesterday asking me about the the wild Columbus Blue Jackets Anaheim Ducks game. Uh, Columbus wins seven to four. They had a four zero lead before the third period or before the second period was three minutes old. Um, Ducks answer with four straight of their own, coupled by Mason McTavish, tying goal by Alex Kalorn. Um, Ducks couldn't keep up with some of the pressure coming from Columbus in the third, though. Um, Columbus had uh, to switch up their goalies, too. Um, Daniil Tarasov had a bit of an injury. We don't really have an update on that. Um, but they they blew it open, and Ducks couldn't match the speed. And um, I talked yesterday about what... Um, you know, the, these games are interesting. I don't I don't look so much at, like, the, the 4-0 lead or even the, the blown 4-0 lead in this one. Um, the 4-0 comeback, whatever whatever you want to say. Um, because a lot of these games are... Both these teams know they're out of the race. Um, they know that they don't mean much. Um, so, for me, what, what comes of this game is, okay, how do you respond when you've just come back from... Four down four zero, and on the flip side of that, how do you respond when you've just blown a four zero lead? When you're a pretty young team, um, you know Mason McTavish. Obviously, I mentioned with the two goals, but he's just been flying all over the ice recently. Um, I, I can't say enough good about the player that he is going to become in the NHL. Um, future captain material for the Anaheim Ducks um, could be playing on an incredible line with Leo Carlson for the next fifteen years um, if things really work out well. And so how does a team like Anaheim respond? Like, are you able to score that fifth goal? We all know they were unable to. And it was the a bit more mature Columbus Blue Jackets who were able to take control of the game and um, get the goals that they needed to to win it. But uh, a bit of resiliency, too. The Jackets have uh, that's two straight wins after um, the firing of GM Yarmo Kekalainen. And I, I think a lot of these players understand that they're playing for future spots on this team and future consideration for being a part of this organization long term. I think that's what John Davidson is really doing here. We know who kind of runs the show now in Columbus, regardless of who they hire as their general manager. Um, we know that things will kind of be uh, run by John Davidson going forward. So um, it. it this is basically the the biggest thing he could have done besides putting himself behind the bench to really get a, a clear-cut look at who really wants to be a part of the solution in Columbus long-term. Um, really good performance from Sean Corrali. Uh, Boone Jenner, too. John Davidson said in an interview that uh, he gets a lot of calls on his captain, Boone Jenner, but um, is not moving him at all. Boone Jenner doesn't want to leave Columbus. So that I do believe... Um, and, you know, but but these other guys like Sean Corrali, who's a local guy, um, Zach Wierenski, too. I think his dedication to Columbus, even though he's put pen to paper on a long term deal, uh, that was a number of years ago now. But he's well in his, he's well into that contract. But the fact that he did it, even some Columbus fans and other fans, too, um, believed that he just wasn't um, really a, dedicated to being a part of the cause. He just felt almost obliged to sign there, but I don't know that that's really entirely true. Um, Johnny Goudreau snaps a 17 game goal drought. Um, he signed there long-term, so he's kind of going to be there long-term. Um, but it, 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 things are going really well in Columbus considering the circumstances. Uh, you're playing without Patrick Line. You're playing without Adam Fantilli. Um, so things, you know, could be better too, and you're you're getting wins. Everybody's kind of woken up. Elvis Merzlikens has played a lot better. Also, interesting note: uh, Davidson said in that interview that 
Uh, Merzlikens never requested a trade, which is um, kind of contrary to what was really going around on the in the media. So um, interesting to note there. Um, I believe he's best fitted in Columbus. Uh, he really enjoys it there with his family. Um, and he, he just is a good goalie for that market and really enjoys the market too, the hockey there. He's very committed to the hockey there. Um, players who spend time in Columbus do really enjoy it. So, um, they're, they're set up to succeed for a long time. We'll, we'll, we're going to get Dylan Tyrer on too. He's one of our guests coming on next week. Um, he's a Columbus Blue Jackets TV analyst. So, um, he, you know, he'll give us the full scoop on the market, what it's like there. Um, but that was that was what that game showed and what a lot of these games are going to show me going forward the the buffalo sabers and the habs we can talk about that one for a second too ukopeka lukanen was very very good in that one um sabers had the dads in the building that was really cool um really strong game from upl though um nice shorty for alex tuck have to wonder where the sabers would be if they uh ran with upl the entire season i mean when i say he's been good i mean he's been tremendous one of the most underrated goalie performances of the season i know a lot of people have been giving shine to the san jose netminders blackwood and kakinen because they've just been getting peppered every night but um uka pekalukinen is one of those guys that you have to wonder where the sabers could be in the standings if they had given him another 10 starts this season oh boy that that could have been that could have been a different kind of season in buffalo we could be talking about but um they're like just a really good performance from the Sabres. That was a, a big character win. Uh, Montreal looked control of that in control of that one for the vast majority of the early parts of it. And um, they were, they were able to come back. They found a way. Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as the Habs go, um, good loss. Um, they're, I think a lot of Habs fans want the Habs to lose. Like they kind of know what the deal is. We kind of know what's, going on in Montreal right now. We know what a lot of the pieces they have have the ability to bring. We know what Cole Caulfield can be. We know what Nick Suzuki is currently doing. Um, Caulfield's been excellent, too. That's not to undersell what he he has been and what he's growing to become under Martin St. Louis. But um, we kind of know what some of these pieces are in the Habs, whether they're the older pieces like the Mathesons and the Jake Allens. Um, you know, I think one of the guys that I, I've personally said a few times I'd like to get a few more looks is Caden Primo. Um, he, he had his first shutout not too long ago, so um, he should definitely try and get the net a little bit more for them. But um, I, I think they're going to try and move out some pieces. I think if you're the Habs, you might want to do what you've been doing um, with the Kirby Dock trade. I, I also saw Kirby Dock skating uh, not too long ago, so... That would be really cool. Maybe he looks to try and get back into game action before the end of the season. Um, so, um, but same same goes for the new hook trade. I know they traded draft picks for that. The Habs have a lot of draft picks, so I don't know if they look to move on from guys like Matheson or um, Jake Allen or even guys like, you know, I doubt they would move on from Brendan Gallagher, but um, a Yoel Armia type. Um, I, 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 I could see that maybe taking those picks and trying to package them with someone else or some grouping. They have a really deep prospect pool too um, with David Reinbacher and all those guys. Um, Philip Meshar too is having a good bounce back season. Um, so um, th there's a lot to like in Montreal, but we kind of know what some of these guys are. One guy I really enjoy, I think everybody really enjoys is Arbor Jackeye. 
Um, he, he's been really trending upwards since his recall from Laval. Um, and he played very well in Laval. I think a lot of people were surprised when he was sent down, um, uh, what turned into maybe like a, a conditioning stint from an injury turned out to be more of a assignment to the American hockey league. And, um, a lot of, a lot of fans were clamoring for him to come up. A lot of Montreal media were clamoring for him to come back up, um, questioning why he was even sent down in the first place. And uh, he performed very well there on a team that really has started to figure out figure it out down there in Laval too. They they just signed Casimir Kaskasuo. Um, you know some of these players are playing well, really well. Joshua Wab was playing really well uh, down there before he was called up to the Habs. Um, so a uh, lot of lot of nice pieces on the back end too for the Habs coming in. Um, but Arbor Jacki he scores again, got goals in back to back games. Um, he also has an assist, so I think that's like three points in eight games since his, since his call-up. Um, he had over 18 minutes last night, too. Uh, that was his highest ice time since getting called back up. So um, nice to see him. He's not just a like a guy who can fight. I know that's what everybody kind of knows him for, but he is a player, too. Like He can definitely play. Um, I, I view him more as a 5-6 kind of defenseman. Um, but I, I'm sure he believes he is more of that 3-4 capability in any lineup, and I'm not discrediting a guy that everybody overlooked, too, um, and was one of the most unheard of players to make the NHL um, when he did last season at a training camp, so um, I, I won't ever doubt someone like that. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. I, I'm rooting for the guy, uh, and I'm sure the Habs are, too. I'm, they would love to see him and Caden Gooley. Caden Gooley looked good yesterday, too, Um not to give any shine just to one uh, left-hand shot defenseman on the Hebs, but um, Caden Gooley looked really good. Sometimes he, he likes to jump in the play a little bit more. He's a bit more active than Jack Eye as far as the rush goes, but um, the decision-making on Gooley's part is arguably, arguably a bit more mature, immature than even a player like Jack Eye, in my opinion, which a lot of people might disagree with me on, but... I watch Caden Gooley, and maybe maybe part of it is your team's down, you're chasing for parts of the game. I get that, um, but I don't know. I, I just I, I really enjoy what Jack guys brought, and I, I enjoy what Caden Gooley can bring too. I think he could definitely be a top four defenseman in the NHL. Um, I, I think the Habs really hope they hit on Ryan Bacher. Um, if he can develop into that Mo Sider type, I don't know that he has the offensive ability of a Mo Sider, um, but if he does then the Habs really do have themselves a top two defenseman. Um, if one of these other pieces, I don't know that Jack guy has that ceiling, but um, if Gooley could really develop into a top two defenseman for them, then you really are set and can filter downwards uh, as appropriate. Justin Barron, too, has been playing really well. You have these guys, right, like Jaden Struble and Jordan Harris in Montreal, um, and... The potential for them is kind of varied. Um, some are higher than others. Um, some are lower. You also have Logan Mayu down in AHL Laval. So um, th there are players, right? And it's just the who will separate themselves from the pack. Eventually, not all of them are going to be Montreal Canadiens. So, um, and I don't think Mike Matheson is potentially long for the Blue Blanc at Rouge because... Um, He's just playing too well. You you, ha you might have to sell high on a player like that. So um, a lot of interesting markets we got to touch on too. So we're excited to bring more people in next week. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow after, or tomorrow morning. And 
I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. Um, enjoy all the games tonight. 11 games tonight. That's a lot of games. Um, but they are all good ones. They all have playoff implications. And uh, we, we will see you all tomorrow. And we'll set you up for a nice weekend of all kinds of hockey. NHL, NCAA, junior hockey, whatever you want. International, we'll, we'll cover it. PWHL, um, we'll, we'll have it all on tomorrow. So have a great rest of your day. Thanks to Brennan for coming on. And uh, we'll see you all soon.